Welcome to Positive Player. I'm Josh. I'm Matt. He's just like riding a bike. Yeah, we go. Yeah. Um, no, Dan. No, Dan. No, Dan. Tell you now that Dan's just too busy, basically. That's it. We'd love to come <laughs> up with a really interesting story. Yeah, we would. You know, he's moved to America or, you know, some abducted by aliens. Um, but... We lost it, God. Yeah. Um, just schedule. I mean, you know, over the summer, we've been very light on releasing episodes and just scheduling with Dan's very intense job. And we just thought it'd be easier to just the two of us do it, didn't we? Well, uh, yeah, and Dan agreed. We've not, we've not, oh, we've yeah, not oh, yeah, yeah, it was Dan's idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah just um, can't commit. At least it, it was that, or this is just a great double bluff, and he was abducted by aliens. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who's to say? Who is to say? Not me. Uh, it's been a I'm while. Like it's been a while since we've done one. It is. What's happened since we've and, done one? Well, I mean, what happened earlier is if you thought that uh, Zoom audio issues were a thing of 2020, <laughs> they're definitely not. Yeah, they're not. No. Well, we should say that we are back with a full season from now on. We are. Yeah, this is season five. Oh God, it is, isn't it? Do you know there's, there was an option to select seasons for podcast episodes as well? And I didn't do it like when we started. So if I started now, it would be like season two. So, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. No, no, no official season. Well, unofficial season five. There we go. It could even be season six if you in, if you include all the bonus episodes we did in our uh, other format. Mm, no, I don't feel like they're carrying. I feel like they're uh, spin-offs. You know. So this will be. I don't, I don't quite know how I've decided what's a bonus episode and what isn't, but chronologically, this will be our 101st episode. Well, 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 that's interesting. However, it, that, does inclu- that doesn't include various bonus episodes we've released. So. Oh, okay. Well, I think 101, it's a, it's a landmark. Yeah, so. good start. I would even realise the last episode we released was the 100th episode, Yeah. which I feel is very true to form for us. Yeah, just rolling with it. <clears throat> we should have done. We should possibly have done 102 for the 102nd. But uh, you know, yeah, that was some. That was like 40 something that episode. Yeah, I um, didn't even think we'd have got to 102. So, <laughs> well, if they keep releasing albums, then we'll be uh, we'll still be going. That's um, it. Be like Blink Five. What's it? One Five Five. Who are? releasing new episodes on um patreon so they're, oh. they're continuing to do their new format as the main show and their new blink songs are going to be over on patreon um whereas we're not popular enough we're not those guys you know we're um <laughs> keep things free you know that's it we want it when it's be open you know we do it for <laughs> love of it we don't do it for sponsorship as much as I would like, you know, a yeah. manscaped ball shaver. Yeah, we don't do it for the sponsorship, but um, if you have ever wanted to watch Netflix from a different country, um, you can use um, <laughs> Surfshark VPN. <laughs> <laughs> or for balance, don't use Surfshark VPN. Did you, well, get, um, did you get any Blink tickets? No, I did not. I forgot today. And yeah, that... while we're on the subject of VPNs, um, uh, Ticketmaster 
Live Nation, I can't remember which one. Yeah, I think it was the same. One of them. Um, wouldn't allow me on the website to join the queue because I had a VPN. So I had to turn the VPN off before they'd let me join. So then I got in the queue and I was really far back in the queue so I didn't get tickets to watch Bloomin' Hate 2. I uh, got a ticket last week on the pre-sale through Live Nation. Um, a seated ticket. So as far as I'm aware, nobody else got tickets. So I will be sat on my own next year <laughs> watching Blue One Eight Two. I thought you got a standing one. No, no, it was seated. I like I was clicking standing and like nothing was available. And I think I clicked something like best available or something like that. Oh. I was trying to get two tickets and then like I, I put it down to one. And then the only thing that came up was like one one like like seated ticket in like a fairly decent seat. And I was like, oh, I'll just buy it. Got it. And then, like, the plan was to get um, some more tickets. Like, my sister wanted one. And, uh, nah, no chance. Um, I don't think I was the only person not to get one by the looks of it. Um, although, th- what is, um, what's it called? What is funny is that, and this really does sum up both what it's like to buy tickets in 2022 and probably the age of Blink fans, fans now. What is available is the Blink 182 Champagne Experience. Which I don't really know what that is, but I'm assuming it means that you get to go in a box or something like that and get a champagne reception before you watch Blink-182. I think it is the Etihad. <laughs> that is particularly... But imagine telling them in, like, 98, but you'll be doing yeah. a gig one day with people in private boxes that can buy champagne experiences to watch you go. Yeah, it's just don't fit, does it? I think they do yeah. pay me to greets as well, don't they, Blink-182? Do they? I think so. Well, do, do, I, don't, does, I don't understand who. Uh, I'm going to guess it is Matt Healy. It sure is. Yeah, yeah. Very against page meeting groups. Uh, I mean, I'm with him. Yeah. Yeah. I've never paid to meet anyone. I've definitely never paid to meet anyone. No one's ever paid to meet me. That you know of. Yeah. This is it. <laughs> I've got management. I don't know what they do. <laughs> um, what's it called? Yeah, so I will be going, uh, I will be sat there on my own at Blink-182 next year. So if you are there, say hello. <laughs> I actually uh, went to the MEN the other day to watch Jason Manford, as you, as you know, because I can see you afterwards. But Oh, yeah. We were... But you're supposed to keep up the illusion we haven't seen each other since the last episode. Oh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Uh, which I will tell you now because I have not seen you. Interesting. Yeah. And did I not tell you about the women I was sat next to? You know, you actually didn't say this. Oh, they were just so irritating. Like they were really funny, but really irritating. So we walked down the steps of the 9X MEN Phones for You AO Arena <laughs> to find our seat. And we're like, we're on this row. Could we squeeze past you, please? And their faces, it was like I'd asked them for £100 each. One of them didn't even stand up. She just oh, swung yeah, the leg around to the side. The other one did stand up. But and I'm not criticising them or wanting to body shame them, but they were not small ladies. <laughs> I mean, luckily... I'm a slight gentleman 
as is Gemma, <laughs> except she's not a gentleman. She's also a slight, so we could get past that to our seats. But I was like, for fuck's sake, just stand up. Yeah. But, you know, maybe that's part and parcel of why they were large, because they're like, hmm, does seem like effort, that standing up. But yeah. I was thinking, are they disabled? And that's why they can't stand up. But I thought, well, no, because that's a fire risk. So oh. they'd be at the back next to the boxes if they were disabled this is great for teetering on the uh the edge of controversy well you said that but i feel like like i'm making (laughs) valid points because they were disabled they could stand up when it came to the finish but as people were getting up to go to the toilet so on and so forth they were so put out like absolutely put out and still just refused to stand up it, became to like, a point, it got to a point where I wanted to go to the toilet just to be like, just to get you're out. not going to stand up then. That, that is really annoying when you get those people that clearly don't know what it's like to be at a gig. Like I was there, at, um, what's it called? I don't know if I told you. Oh, when I went to see the Menzingers and Joyce Manor. Um, oh, yeah. There was, did I tell you I accidentally got too close to the front? Yes, you did, yeah. So, so when watching Joyce Manor, I was a very comfortable distance that you can enjoy. And then when, uh, what I do with my secret shame of when bands stop performing, I walk to the front and then have a look at their guitar pedal boards, which you can verify is something that I, uh, I do unfortunately do. So I tried yeah. that and I was having a look and I was sort of, couldn't really see watching them like break down and stuff like that. And then like uh, seeing what was going on and I'm thinking like, right, I'll go and stand back where I were when the Menzingers are on and uh, turned around and it was entirely full behind me. And at this point, I was about second row of the Manchester Academy, which is pretty big. What's it like, 4,000 Academy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not just say here then. Um, so the Menzingers are on, and I was brilliant. Like, they were so good. Um, but there was a guy next to me who was there with his girlfriend. And bear in mind how close we were. And the Menzingers, they're not, if, if you've not heard them, they're like pop punk. They're kind of, they're not mega heavy. So I won't quite describe what was happening as mosh pits, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of, there was a couple, like, a couple people crowd surfing and stuff like that. And like this guy, and he was bigger than me, this guy, it wasn't like he was getting pushed around. Every time somebody knocked into him, like he'd sort of turn and then he'd look back like this and he'd be looking around like, who was that? Like every time somebody knocked into him and like, it was distracting me. Like, and I was, I was thinking of saying like, if you're like if you're bothered by people being knocked into you you're at the wrong place yeah <laughs> go and stand at the back like i mean i don't really I, you know it's not where i'd choose to be it was just oh i'm here now i'll stay here yeah. like i got bashed into the guy next to me and i proper went into him and i went oh sorry mate he turned around and he shot me a big thumbs up <laughs> <laughs> i was like that's the attitude you've got to have if you're going to be like it's the deer like, like um like Lenny when he goes to see Mr. Burns. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was, this guy was like, oh my God, this guy, like why, you know, stop looking at people bashing into you. <laughs> like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, oh God, that was a, that was a great gig. And, I bet uh, his girlfriend were giving him jip. Like, I hope you're not going to let anyone do that to me. So he feels like obliged. He's going to look angry when really he might not care. 
Yeah, I mean, if if that was the case, then he committed. He like took, yeah. took, looking angry throughout the whole gig. <sighs> I couldn't be asked to play. Look, listen, S Club Seven. This is what's <laughs> going to happen. Yeah, but how can you? How can you be there? And how can you be at the front and then not realise that's going to happen? Yeah. Like, I was going to say that we're not the only three piece to lose a member. That Laney and now a two piece, aren't they? They are, yeah. So uh, I think Paul Klein described it as being in the Tears for Fears era. So that's what we're in now. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, watch just... out, watch out, Ant and Deck. <sighs> oh no, yeah. no then. You know, well, you know, twenty-one years on the trot, best presenters at the NTAs. Oh uh, well, I think their days are numbered. I think they are. So, have we got to be on television for that? Probably. Oh yeah, national television awards is what that stands for. It is, yeah. Right. Well, well actually, let's get a TV deal. Let's do it. A BBC, are you listening? Um, we could present Love Island after Sun. That's a show. We could. Um, that would be great. We could what? We could present Top of the Pops three. <laughs> the the mid pops. It's the uh, it's sixty to twenty. <laughs> um, we could do. I'm sure ITV four would give us a show. They'll give anyone a show. Yeah, they will. I think I I feel like though we're classier than that. I feel like we're more BBC four than ITV four. Yeah, that's true. BBC Three is that a channel anymore, or is that? Uh, I believe it is a channel again. Is it back? It's in pog form. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but the reason we're here. Wait, oh, wait. What do we? I, I don't even remember what we do for this bit. Thank you for everyone to listen to the show. Uh, yeah. If you can follow us at the nineteen seventy five pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if email us, pause it, play it pod at gmail dot com. Um, we're going to have a bunch of guests on the show this season as well. Um, I have only asked one, some, one of them, but I'm sure I've got plans of who we're going to ask, although I'm not saying just in case they say no. Uh, but the Super Late Night will be back on the show. Um, yes. It, it was easy to ask him, seeing as he lives with me. <laughs> <laughs> the But we'll have loads of people that have been on the show already come back. We'll get them on out, um, all the episodes on the album coming up. Um, I bet Matt Healy, he's been on the show. We just didn't get to broadcast it. Yeah, that is, that is true. Uh, <laughs> God damn it, Jamie. Yeah, that is true. Um, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm sure he'll come back. I'm sure we'll get, yeah. him, we'll get him tied up. You know he, what? He was, he was talking about Manchester the other week, and yeah. we, you know, I did the Zane Lowe interview. Yeah. So, like, I was watching it, and I was like, God, that's, that's so familiar where they're stood. It's Castlefield Bowl, which is where I live. Yeah. So I walk that I walk through there to work. I know, yeah. I I thought the the very same thing when I was watching it. I'm like, it's just the background, and that's where they were stood. Like, in my, I haven't watched it yet, but imagine I am watching that, and then I do walk past the background and not realize what was going on. <sighs> I know. That would be, yeah, that would be pretty annoying. Because there's a good chance you would just go, oh, TV crew. Yeah, and, and, and not like. Notice. Because we live quite close to Media City, so it's probably yeah. not that a big a deal to see a TV crew. And you don't when you do see a TV crew as well, you don't want to be that guy who's like really trying to have a look because I do sort of think like, oh, just 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 let them do it. No one wants to be like 
you don't want to ruin the shot or anything, do you? Yeah, no one comes and ruins your work. Yeah, exactly. Well, not exactly. not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's it called? Yeah, but seeing as, you know, Zane Lowe has interviewed Matty in Manchester, I think it's only fair that we interview Matty in New Zealand now. I, you know, I, I agree. Yeah, so that, um, I think maybe when we get that TV deal, maybe we can use some of that money and sort that out. Yeah, maybe we could do like a Lord of the Rings uh, nice 75 crossover. Oh, that, I'll tell you what, one thing I happened here, I watched, you know, Rings of Power. Have you seen the TV show? I have, yeah. Um, I watched I've, a few episodes. And why did you stop? Uh, I stopped because um, I could watch Andor instead. <laughs> so I, I think that's all this time in my life for watching television. And it was Andor and. Um, Welcome to Wrexham. I have watched the first episode of Andor and it was very good and I need to catch up. Um, I stopped watching Rings of Power because after five episodes, I decided I've given far too much of my life to watching the most boring show I've ever seen. So, oh, okay. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. So dull. But yeah, well, there you go. That's our cultural review. <laughs> Andor, yeah. good. Rings of Power, bad. Welcome <laughs> to Wrexham. Very good. Very good, yeah. Yeah, very good. Great show. Let's talk about the album in that case. Being Funny in a Foreign Language is out. Um, what we're going to do for the show, we're going to talk about all the stuff leading up to it. We are going to talk about the era as a whole, and then we're going to get onto our thoughts of the album, a bit more of a review, and then we'll sort of give some thoughts on various songs and things like that. Uh, obviously, we are going to go in song by song every week after this. We'll be doing a full episode dedicated to the 1975 track, uh, which we haven't done before. Uh, however, this one does, I think, uh, warrant its own episode, as it is basically now a completely different song. I concur. Um, so, first of all, the, I mean, the era as a whole. So when, so this summer when they've been like releasing stuff, what has been your overall takeaway from this new era? Um, well, we said, didn't we, part of the band? We were saying, oh, yeah, they always release the weird one first, and part of the band is not that weird. Mm. But it turns out that that probably was the weird one. Everything's I, just yeah. quite tame, isn't it? I think what they've done that's really clever is the to keep up... I think there's a level of expectation in terms of like the eras of the band and each era to have such a strong visual identity. I think they've done a really good job of kind of warring that down album by album a bit to the point yeah. where though this is though they have used the the blue for some artwork and stuff like that, you wouldn't really describe this as the blue era. Like you have you describe like the I like it when you sleep era as the pink era, like everything seemed to have. You know, there was pink on all the visuals. There was like pink in the music videos. There, so there was like a pink hue to all like the sort of promo artwork they did, um, and even like the live photos. So I think they've. I think it's almost like it's like a subtle era visually as well. I think you know the black and white is back, but they've not made a big de like deal about everything being black and white. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a bit of a. I don't know, it all feels a bit more understated and in comparison to stuff they've done in the past. Um, yeah, I agree. It's Yeah, it's just more subtle. I feel like it's such a 
even taking the music out of it, it's just a mature, more mature visual. Yeah. I think it's more interesting though. It's just got, I find even though it's in some respects basic, in others, more tears, I would say, more layers to it. I think it's, I, I really like the album artwork itself, like Matty standing on the car. I think yeah. it's super interesting. That's the first, that's the first time that the the album artwork has ever been a picture. Like, yeah. e- even in terms of, you know, o- other things they've released, like singles, um, I think it's the first time it's been a picture since the sex EP was, like, that was a bed. Yeah. Like, let's, let's, I mean, let's just ju- double check. God, what, what about to be wrong on the world's premiere 1975 podcast? I feel like they're um, uh, putting less, <laughs> not that they're putting less thought into the visuals, but just not overthinking it. I feel yeah. like they've just reached that point in their career now where it's like, they don't need to overthink it. They're just doing what they want. I suppose, but well, I suppose they've been doing that with the music for a while, haven't they? But first two eras particularly it was very strict brand guidelines yeah whereas yeah. Vanessa, like that's a good yeah, way yeah, of just... putting it marketing degree brand guidelines yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whereas now the brand guys like guidelines are a lot more loose yes yeah, stand on a car if you want um you know then there's that there was that picture wasn't there with the big backpack yeah i mean like really overloaded um the two uh you wouldn't get those two images in the first two eras. You know I mean? The contrast in yeah. the themes. Um, medicine was, if you take away, just in terms of like standalone releases, medicine was the last time that um, a picture was used. Um, all the previous uh, albums and I suppose singles from albums had some pictures. Um, meaning together song had a picture of them but yeah the vast majority of the stuff has been like either abstract imagery or just graphic design graphic design is my passion or like pictures <laughs> of the logo do you know what I mean like yeah I think it's I really I really like it anyway like and the, like the car being a very loose representation of the era like they did the pop-up shop at the weekend and the car was there oh was like, it yeah but it doesn't like you know, loose, for like icon of the of the album. Like, I don't really, I, I, you know, it doesn't really feel much about what's on the card. You know, what I mean, it just feels like another facet of whatever's going on. Um, yeah. I was like, I really like it. Like, I think going back to black and white is, I don't know. Like, I think Mike said before that he doesn't like ever going back and like retracing any kind of steps and stuff, but. I feel like they've gone back to black and white in a way where it doesn't feel contrived of the first album and it doesn't feel like it's a specific callback to that era. No, no, I, I agree. It's black and white, it's documentary. You know, it's... Uh, from a photography perspective, those that like black and white say you do it because it t- strips the colour away and makes you focus on what is in the image and then you would mm. use colour if colour is important. So they're just trying to make 
you focus on what's in the image, maybe. Because I feel mm. like the first era, it was like, how can we make ourselves stand out apart from the neighbourhood? And it was be black and white, um, which fit with the themes of the music, I suppose. They had quite nice yeah. lyrics. Is that the way around they did it? I can't bloody remember. But you know what I mean? It uh, fit 10 years the, ago at this point. Exactly, yeah. I'm 30 bloody two now. You can't expect me to remember these things. Um <laughs> It fit their aesthetic, the black and white, really well. It was just, it just fit. Whereas now I feel like they're not trying to make it fit. It's yeah, just, this yeah, is what's right for the individual things, individual feel, tracks and it, I, looks. I think you're right. At the time, I think so much more consideration was put into the visuals to make it. Like they wanted the logo to be like a brand logo. Like, yeah. But then I feel, I feel like it's so different when you're trying to, make music your full-time job when you're trying to make an impact than when it's your fifth album and if you do a world tour it will probably sell out like the the sort of you know the what's the word like that not limits but like the amount of effort you have to put into that stuff is different like oh yeah definitely you have to stand out like people are going to buy the 1975s album if the if the artwork was what like metallica's black album you know the artwork is black and there's a, the snake in the bottom corner that's the mm. artwork the beatles white album is a white piece of paper with the beatles small in the middle and those albums were two of the most uh, the best selling albums they ever made like though you know w- when you have made it you know the you can put less effort into it and i feel like though they have done that it's like relative to them yeah and i think they've progressively got less and less there's about less and less visual identity but i think it, it works due to just the you know the stage they're at in the career um i think and it's it's worked really on this album in that i think we all thought it was going to be a lot a lot of the fat was going to be trimmed on it i was expecting a much shorter album than certainly since notes notes is like 22 tracks this is 11 11 i think yeah. yeah, no um, instrumentals though, so in some yeah. respects they have trimmed the fat. Um, but I f- feel like this album was a bit of, because like, obviously Notes is all over the place. Like, yeah. this is a bit more of a, it feel, to me this feels more like what's important here is the album, you know, the album as a whole, Mm-hmm. And it's less about the era than it is the album. Where I feel like previously, the the era has been as important as the album. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I feel like with this one, uh, your previous album, Notes in a Conditional Form, that was kind of like um, the specials menu in a restaurant where the chef's just gone... Right, well, what have I got in the larder? What can I do with this? Yeah, yeah. Well, stick it on the special board and people will buy it. Whereas this, I feel like, um, is... They've not really gone for a theme, but it's just got mo- it's got more structure than Notes Not Conditional Form, but less structure than the other three albums. Yeah. It's just... It just feels like they were just making 100% what they wanted without trying to be weird. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I think so, and I, I think you know we'll get onto it, you know, more and more with 
who they've been working with. But I feel like at some point, whether this was like consciously or not, they would have thought, let's just make a great 11 track album. Like, and then. Yeah. Because it it almost feels like a debut album in the respect that their actual debut album had too much theme for a debut album. You know what I mean? This feels like, yeah, I think actually that's probably the point I was trying to make previously and I just didn't do it that well. Um, This feels like it's had years and years of manifestation to get to this point, which is what most debut albums are. You know, you can take like, five years say just a time some of time for those songs to develop before signing and recording releasing and then second album it's you've got warner brothers going do that again but in half the time you can't be creative (laughs) yeah um whereas this it just i feel like it's got that debut album energy where they've not gone for anything they've just picked 11 songs that they're happy with i think it's a nice shade of blue (laughs) I've got a really funny, uh, I've got a really funny tweet lined up, you know. Um, that exciting. The so there's like I know on on our logo, I've just you know taken all the sort of same colours and everything like that. Yeah. Then so of a uh, plus five hundred by the looks of it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um. So. I'll be what's it called? I'll be uh, tweeting that at some point. Um, what ha- what has made a return this era though is Matty's Twitter account, and I mean, first of all, that like uh, you know, most people are just embracing it because it is funny. Um, but I can't even remember he deleted it. And I can't even remember why. And <laughs> and this is. You know, there's been a fair few times where he's said something online and people haven't been happy with him. But I can't even remember the reason why he deleted his account. No. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Matty has been back to his on Instagram shit posting best. And on Twitter, some like, I don't know, it's probably, you know, some of it will be to do with like age, some of it will be to do with like, the fact that it's stuff that's definitely my humour. But some of the tweets he's put out have been incredible. Um, arguing with someone because he called Michael Jackson a pedo, which feel feel like I'm kind of on his side there. Considering how much I just want to sit on my sofa and say offensive stuff on the internet, I probably shouldn't have made Album of the Year, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and then some girl tweeted, just heard Matty Healy F-slur in real life, and he quote tweeted it, Come see my band live. What does F-slur mean? He said fuck. No, uh, the one in Roadkill, which I, I hate, um, a dance repeat. Oh, uh, it's like a, a meatball popular in the Midlands. Uh, a English slang term for a cigarette. It's also a meatball. Would that be the full version of the word? It would, yeah. You can get faggot and chips. Well, internet, we are... Well, international Faggot and mash. Listeners, we are. This is inf- uh, informative stuff. I I think, like, there, this is intentional, that he is doing a very clever job of being on the line of whether he's going to get cancelled or not. And, like, you know, cancelled in laser, inverted commas. Yeah. Um, 
because obviously he's not saying anything that's like super offensive or anything along those lines, but like it is generating hype for the album. Like, oh yeah, it's leaning into the kind of like how divisive he is whilst also doing it as a joke is, I think is brilliant. The fact that he was, he, the other week he was calling out any right wing um, political commentator who called left wing people snowflakes in America to fight him, like actually, <laughs> actually fight him, which is like, is great. People, you know, people are going to latch onto that and be like, who's this like, who's this guy? And then some people are going to be like, this is hilarious. And also sort of want to see that. Yeah. Well, he's been doing his jujitsu now or something, hasn't he? So yeah, probably feels confident. Posted a video of himself in the gym as well, which was, uh, which was funny. You can um, do way more pull-ups than I can. So you can do one burn. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, I, I just think it is, it is genius. Like how, it feels like years, like on the first album and stuff like that, second album, he was like this like, super like, cool guy. Like, you know, and like people like wanted to emulate all the stuff he wore, like everything along those lines. Third and fourth album became a bit more of like a critical thinker, let's say. Like, um, like and he was like commenting more politically, stuff like that. I know he had done that, but it was more over, I think, on those two albums. And he was doing more active, like, activist stuff and now he's just become a bit of a twitter troll and i think it's so funny how like he is as famous as he's going to be i think and it's like yeah. well now i'm just going to do what makes me laugh and people i think people have a certain expectation of it and i think he's towing the line great between like doing stuff that's just just poking at a bit of controversy uh, controversy and not so that the thing today is that there was a girl at one of the signings and he asked her a name and when she applied, it was it's something like a traditional Irish name. And he said, it sounds like something that you use to spread gravel. That was the, what, the Daily Mirror's picked up on this or something like that. And like loads of people have been like comments saying like, it's so disrespectful to the name. The girl thinks it's hilarious by the sounds of it. Um, yeah, because she's not actually Irish, is she? I mean, she's probably of Irish heritage, but she doesn't have the accent. So I imagine she's, you know, got both passports. I just think it's funny how, like, it's just, to me, it's just a perfect, like, there, there was one of the signing where, like, so he said, so what's your name? And this girl went, oh, T. And he was like, just T. He's like, and he was like, well, I can write more letters. <laughs> and, like, I, I think that the stuff he's saying is so funny. You know, th- there was the, the other week, there was a, Marty met a girl and she was like on a phone and she was like, clearly trying to get a camera up like that. And he was stood next to her going like, come on, fucking hurry up, fucking hurry up like that. And obviously yeah, yeah, he's yeah. joking. Then like someone filmed it and they were like, oh, Matt Healy, like arguing with his fans and yeah. stuff like that. And that, that is what, but again, not doing anything that offensive, which is like, you know, you can do the, <laughs> the whole like Lawrence Fox thing of like sort of, you know, posting yourself back into relevancy and then being horrendous and then getting yeah. like immediately like forgotten or like, Another way of doing it is just, I, I just think it's so clever, like the way that he's been posting stuff again um, to where fans love it and people that don't like him now don't like him even more. Yeah. I actually had the opposite problem to Matt Healy, though, with an Irish name. So back in the days of MSN, um, 
I went around to my cousin's one time and his friend Michael was there and Michael's girlfriend, Sinead. So I met the Sinead, talked to her, and then she added me on MSN. Uh, so I was like, oh, new phone, who dis? Because I didn't know who it was. <laughs> so she writes her name. I'm like, who the fucking else Sinead? <laughs> and i'm like what is going on who's sinead and i could just it was like obviously i tried to remain polite but it took fucking ages for really? me to realize that sinead was actually sinead <laughs> like i don't know who you are <laughs> Let's yeah. Let's actually get into the get into the album. Very much the uh, tone change here. <laughs> so it came out on. Let's have a look um, because I don't know what the current date is. It's seventeenth of October. Thank you. Twenty twenty to the year of our Lord. Oh, uh, we go. Fourteenth of October. There we go. So the album has now been officially out. Let's say four days. Um, I've listened to it quite a lot of times. Um, Me again, too, it's a, and it's, edging. It's a lot, and edging by Blink-182, which I think is a pretty fun song. I think it's all right. Um, it's all right, yeah. We're uh, not here to review edging, but it's not the best. I hope no, it's better it, to come. I'm sure there will Does be. Does the job. Um, I, being shorter, I feel like I've had way more time to like fully listen to the album fully and then like, you know, rather than like notes, you've got to sit and listen to it for like hours. Um, mm-hmm. Go on, you start. What do you think overall? Um, you know what? I feel like I probably covered it by saying it feel it's got a, a debut album feel to me. It doesn't really have a great deal of theme to it. Um, <clears throat> it's just eleven nice songs, but I feel like it is lacking edge. There's no, oh, really? yeah, yeah. For me, it's just just missing that song that you can really latch onto and go, oh my God, that is something else. You know, like, I know you can only write the sound once, but for me, the sound, the city, um, loving someone, I, you know, there's just so many songs that I feel like go, that hit you and go, wow, I think this doesn't have one. I... Maybe they've just not bedded in quite right yet, but I feel like, uh, when the nine seventy five, when they write one of those songs, it doesn't need to bed in. It just goes. Yeah. This is it. I'm with you to a degree. Um, I all of the songs, apart from happiness, all of them have grown on me that I've heard previously. Like I think um, part of the band, I didn't think it was as as weird really as they have been. Um, and I was like, okay, I like it. But the more I listen to it, I'm like, God, this is so good. Uh, Happiness, I, like, I like straight away. Uh, and I'm in love with you, I like straight away. Um, to me, I'm in love with you, I think is, it might just be a touch behind some of the big songs they've had, but I think that is brilliant. Like, I think it's as good as, you know, it's a me and you together song level of like great song. Yeah. Um, Overall, to me, I think the album is really good. Like, I think it's, you know, Matty said to us that he wanted to make, or they were aiming to make, like, an automatic for the people, like, their version of, like, that. Mm. And I think they've 
it feel the whole thing feels very pop rock to me. Like it doesn't feel like it's trying too hard to sort of push any like big boundaries. Every song no, is pretty, I agree. I agree. pretty palatable on it. Like I think, you know, I think if you played this to anyone really, I don't think. Uh, what am I saying? I think if you played somebody something like Chocolate, I think people could have a problem with it. I think, oh, I don't like his voice and stuff like that. I think there's a lot of songs on this that are like, can be super, yeah, super palatable. Um, I, yeah, I agree with you that I don't think there's a lot of like, ed- not edge in the sense, but like, I think everything feels quite well rounded. Like, I don't think anything really stands out. Yeah, there's not a standout single to me. I think the closest to a standout for me is looking for someone to love. Yeah, I see. I I really like that one too, and I haven't feel. I feel like other people have latched onto other songs more than that one. I think that one's brilliant. Um, yeah, it's, the fandom seem to have latched onto Wintering and or Caroline, don't they? Wintering, I very much agree with. I think that might be my favourite one on the album so far. Um, I like Matty said as well that the album felt like it was the four of them in a room just making songs and i understand that in both in terms of like this everything like the style of the songs the production but then like also literally i feel like there's parts on the album where like you can hear voices and stuff like that and there's a lot more i feel it feels like a lot more acoustic elements and like live yeah. instruments played i feel it like that like i can't hear the songs being played live in the studio like yeah yeah i feel like in some respects they've taken the uh the the break in the fourth wall they've yeah. taken some a lot of the the shiny polishedness away to allow it to be a more uh transactional experience between the listener and the artist back and forth i don't probably don't mean transactional um you know I feel like they're allowing this album allows you more of a glimpse into the life, I suppose. You know, like the recording process. Yeah. Like there's just like smaller sides. I can't think what it is, but I think he says, "Oh, hit the hi hat now." Or something. Yes. Yeah, I love that bit. And then like, yeah, that. But that's not to me. That's not contrived. That's a real. That's a nice bit of sort of. It makes you feel more involved in the song to me than yeah, you know, yeah, a, a yeah. bit naff. Yeah, and I think that's something you can only get away with. Maybe not your fifth album, but certainly your first two, it would be contrived. Mm. But they've they've reached that point now where they don't need to prove themselves. You know that he's a fantastic lyricist, and that's why he can get away with saying, "I'm in love with you." I I I I. But then that that's that's the good thing. Like the, the, there are songs that has that, and then there are lines that have like real sort of you know profound lyrics and then the stuff is about like one man you are 64 years old is one of the lines in like one of the songs yeah and it's, it's every it, facet of like matty's like <laughs> lyricism googled denise welsh age oh yeah it's 64 <laughs> yeah <laughs> brilliant um and if the uh and if the the real fans have been watching her on that uh program do you know the one i don't She's on a like a program with Lincoln, her husband. So it's uh, it's presented by Rob Beckett, and it's like you get a celebrity and the other half, and they've got like tasks to do. I've not I've watched one episode passing 
Absolutely. Not really taking full notice, but I thought, I wonder, I wonder how many people are watching this just because she's Matt Healy's mum. Well, I, when I had loose women on in the background at work today, and every time I looked to put the, uh, well, like I didn't have the sound on, every time I looked to put the screen, like the bar at the bottom, and she wasn't on it, Denise Walsh, unfortunately. Uh, every time that I did look up at the bar, it was a, it was varying degrees of how serious the topics were. Like one was, should the prime minister resign? The next was like, is bad spelling a turn off? Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> they covered all the bases. Um, I think with overall, I think the album is, I think it's great. And I think it's such an easy listen. I think like, the 11 tracks they fly by i've just seen now it's 43 minutes long and to me i didn't think it was going to be that long no i thought, I thought it would have been a lot shorter um the the kind of the flow of it to me is really good like album what's it called order of stuff that goes in albums to me uh, is like is interesting and Mm-hmm. And the way they've ordered this is great and it, it makes the whole thing so you can put it on in order. What what I'm getting around the end is of what I'm saying. Like you listen to the album from start to finish and it's such an easy listen and it works so well. And I think that maybe the previous two albums were a bit more of a challenge in that respect because it was like, yeah. okay, now in, in notes, like the first few songs, it's like, you're all, you know, what am I listening to now? Um, um, Brief Inquiry, you're like, there's that middle bit where you listen to like A Man Who Married A Robot and you're like, okay, where, where, where am I going now? Yeah. Um, but I think this, I think they've nailed it with this, to be honest. And I think it's so interesting how the end of the last song, When We Are Together, starts to bleed into the first song. Yeah, that is really good. Yeah, I feel like they've really settled into a sound with this album. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's the... Yeah, go on. Notes was just fucking nuts, wasn't it? Yeah. It wasn't... I don't for a minute think it was bad. It was just a challenging listen. Yeah. It didn't let you settle into anything. Whereas this does, it's just nice, easy going. Um, I've even got some da- of Dan's thoughts if... You would like to hear them. Yeah. From, from while he's off world, Dan can. Uh... <laughs> That's it, yeah. He still has access to uh, SMS and other communication tools. So, If, if anyone has seen the first, uh, the first ever episode of South Park, what happened was very fit similar to that, actually. Um... <laughs> I was like, have I seen it? And I have. Um, so Dan's conclusion is awesome lyrics. Sounds very grown up and mature. John Mayer vibes and Oh Caroline, and Oh Caroline is capitalised. So yeah, <laughs> uh, he feels there's a lot of John Mayer going on. And I was like, well, maybe Hannah's been listening to Continue on the Sly for the past 12 years, whatever it's been. <laughs> the past 12 years. Um, I think that stylistically, this feels like it is a very concise idea. Everything feels to me like it was recorded in a week. All the songs came from of the, the same time in the live. They tried, they didn't really try to experiment too much with what we were hearing. Mm-hmm. It was like, we've got this set of great songs. 
this is the style of what I do. It, like, it, it's like the idea is kind of complete with this to me. Like, with with notes, for example, that to me isn't isn't a, a complete idea, and that for me that was the point of the album. Like, it was supposed mm. to be all over the place. It was supposed to be like we like and can do all these different genres of music we have all these different inspirations like to experiment and do them all at the same time whereas this to me it's like i want to we want to make an album that sounds like this and we're not going to step too much outside that box of what we believe the idea is yeah i just i feel like this is just their sound now they've probably trialed some things and this is just what is making them happiest i feel like I, I suppose it's the same with Arctic Monkeys. I feel like they've just gone this like Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. Mark speaking, please tell me, hey, may I direct your call? <laughs> um, <clears throat> that seems to be just like the sound that they've settled on. I imagine they'll, my both bands will migrate from this sound throughout their career, but I think this is it now, and there will always be throwbacks, always be this era getting referenced as they go on I agree in part that if the following album was like this I would agree but with Artsy Monkeys Tranquility Bass was very stylized, and the last two singles Artsy Monkeys have released um, in my opinion haven't been good um well, they're very forgettable. They're not bad, but they're forgettable. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know with with them in particular. Like, I, I feel, sorry, I feel like the 1975 can sort of move out of this style into something a lot easier than Nazi Monkeys can. Oh, right, okay. I, I don't think, I'd like, I know they would never do it, but I don't think the Arctic Monkeys, their next album, I don't think it could be anything more like the first two. Whereas the 1975, I feel they could go back something <clears throat> which is more similar to that style. I think yeah. everything seems a bit more stylized with the Arctic Monkeys, where I think the 1975 are a bit more fluid with what they would do. Yeah, I think the stylized nature of, of uh, the 975 just happened so much more naturally. Yeah. Whereas I feel like it was just a very, uh, not a conscious, a very conscious decision with Arctic Monkeys, it's always a conscious decision, but they've come further, I feel. I think Arctic Monkeys started, started off the, as, with the most minimal stylization you could ever have they were yeah. just literally four guys from Sheffield, four teenagers from Sheffield. They weren't even 20, were they, when, they, uh, no. when fame hit them hard. Which is mental. It is. So they're never getting that back. You can't recreate that. Whereas at, uh, the 1975 came at it more considered. So I think you can revisit that. I think as well that I feel that Nancy Monkeys really have just dropped everything that they were really like whereas you know lyrically Matty now will I, I don't believe that there's 
stuff that he would have. Well, there's lyrics on this album that I believe stylistically he would have put on the first album. He would have put on the EPs. Like, mm. you know, Wintering is one that really stands out to me. Stuff like that. Like, there's, there's real sort of like, you know, lyrics that are just about people's lives. And you look at like lyrics of something like So Far It's All Right. And like, yeah. You know, um, what is it? Sit at Peace House playing video games, doing sniff that you can't afford. Yeah, yeah. That is, you know, obviously it's a very different time in his life, but the style of the lyric, I believe that it would be something that the, he would do in a song today. Yeah. Whereas with, with that, the acting, I, feel, I, I feel like he could probably afford the sniff these days. <laughs> but I, I don't, like with Artie Monkeys, I don't feel like they could ever transition. Not even, not even back into it. I don't. I'm not that I think the 1975 will ever go and do something like they already have done. I just don't think that's who they are. But I, mm. I just feel like they have, they have characteristics that they have had through every album, and they could then mold into something different and keep that baseline of those characteristics, like Matty's lyrics, hand noise, stuff like that. Oh, hand noise. Oh. But 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 every album has stuff like that but it does it in different ways. Whereas, and this, this one does it as well. With Azzy Monkeys, I just feel like it's almost unrecognisable from what you have previously done. Yeah. So like, if, I feel, if, You know what? I feel like Arctic Monkeys could release Lee Before the Lights Come On. No. Oh, I don't. Don't you? I, I oh, woke I you up. What time does the bus come? I, I at least turn and want to sing that oh, these yeah, days. Enough. Yeah, you've lost the third point, actually. Like... Um, but um, on also on this album, then what what songs are standing out for you as at the moment? Well, let me get the track listings up, and I will tell you. So the nine seventy five stands out to me. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if happiness does, or it's just that it's been a single, so it's there in the front of my mind. But looking for somebody to love part of the band um oh caroline human two and about you for me they're the standout tracks in fact i'm going to retract human two about you human two for me is the only one that's a a bit of a a low light on the album Um, yeah yeah i just i find it at the moment i'm finding it a little uninspiring um, I'd, yeah, I'm not understanding the hype about Winter in me. Oh, I love Winter in. I think it's so good. I think Winter is the one with Jack Antonoff has had the most, um, I would say, the most songwriting influence. I would say. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, Winter in, I think he's brilliant. Um, looking for somebody to love, I think he's brilliant. Um, I really like Oh Carol. Like, I, I mean, I like, I like like them all. Like, it's a relative bar what we're doing. I mean, you know, we like this band. We host this show. Um, yeah. Oh Carol. Invites to uh, interview him though, do we? We could have been introduced to Zane Law. That'd have been well, cool. Zane Law is a little more famous than we are. <sighs> well, all I'm saying is, just wait till we get that TV him, deal. <laughs> yeah, if I saw him in Manchester, I'd be like, Haley, you're not going to introduce me to Zane Law. I'd be like, I know, I know I do a podcast about you, but fuck you, yeah, because I, I want you to introduce <laughs> me to Zane Law. 
you'd be like, wow, Matty, is that the host of Gonzo? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh my God, it's Gonzo, man. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get invited uh, to the uh, Banquet Records show either, did we? I was you know, sat patiently by my phone, <laughs> kept checking it was plugged uh, in. We, we've had a lot on. <laughs> plugged in. Um, Oh, but Jerry must have been using the internet. That's why it didn't ring. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. Um, what's it called? Yeah. Uh, all I need to hear, I think, surprisingly by my taste, I really like that one. I think that's a phenomenal song. Um, about you, I think is really good, but I don't. I think I feel it's a bit. I don't know. It's. It, I, I think it sounds interesting, but I don't know if I love the song. Um, yeah, but do you know what the one honestly that the one that I feel like has been sticking in my head most is part of the band. Which it's is, like, I feel I, right now. I feel like it is probably the best song on the album from a I, yeah I, artistic I, perspective. It's not going to sell the most, but it's interesting. I love the lyrics to it. I love the phrasing of the lyrics. I think it's I, just really good agree um i when, when it came out i knew i liked it but i think it really is a grower and i think it's almost like you've got to sit with it and realize what, what's so interesting about it is the structure of the song um and even on this album it stands out so much despite like I, I, even though i said before i think everything is stylistically concise part of the band is one that stands out not because i think it's like a massive banger like something like you know the sound is i think it's, it's so well put together as a song like the songwriting mm. on it both lyrically and then all the musicality of it is just incredible um but you know i, I think you know it's the, the whole album is so it feels complete i think which is what notes definitely lacked yeah I was a bit surprised when it finished, though. I, I know you said it was longer than you expected, but I think I probably was expecting the standard 11 tracks plus 11 instrumentals. <laughs> I, it was longer than I expected this to be the length track-wise, but when I looked at the length of the album time-wise, I, I thought it was shorter, if, if you get what I mean. Yeah. I thought yeah, it would have yeah. been around 35 minutes rather than like 43. So the producer for all the tracks on the album is Jack Antonoff, mm. um, famously of Bleachers, which is his his music project. Um, probably more, more famously of being Taylor Swift's producer, producing with loads of artists, uh, Lana Del Rey, um, St. Vincent, Kylie Rae Jepsen, um, loads of people. He's worked with Bruce Springsteen as well on his own stuff. Um, what an incredible producer. Pro probably like the, what would you say, the most sought-after producer around? Yeah, probably, yeah. He's, he's, I feel like he's the current Mark Ronson. Yeah, Um I feel like this is probably the most influence a producer working with the 1975 has had. Um, I do think that the extent 
some of the extent of me saying that is because I recognise his production style in both his own work and other people's work when he's been like solely producer for them. Um, I love his stuff is anyway. This, is so. this the first album they've done them without the usual producer whose name escapes me? So, no. So the... Let's have a look. Um, I feel that the main production has been credited to just Matty and George on the last two albums. Um, oh, okay. Whereas this is credited to Matty George and Jack Antonoff. Um, so Jonathan Gilmore, is he the guy you're thinking of? No, he's the guy that does Eleni stuff as well. Uh, Mike Crosey? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. So he was uh, first two. Oh, okay. I thought he did the first three. Um, yeah, he was first two, and Jonathan Gilmore was the guy that was on the... La- um, a brief inquiry and notes, but I feel like on the last two, the the very much the bulk of the production was done by. Oh, it was very very much led by Matty and George. Um, this is the first time that for me a real name was coming to be producer, and I think it's a, well, I think it was a great choice. I think it would have been very exciting for Jack Antonoff to work with this band. Um, but can you feel like you can hear his influence? I couldn't. I don't know what his sound is. So. But do you feel that stuff... See, to me, like, looking for somebody to love is, like, way more of Jack Antonoff's 80s style than it has, like, the 1975 stuff has been. Um, sort of the, the pace of the the vocal delivery is a very Jack Antonoff style to me, particularly in his own work. Um, sort of the little one percents to steal the name from Zella um, in like, and then even like the um, in like winter in to me, that feels like Matty writing almost like his own, a British version of a Bruce Springsteen song. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Like and Jack Antonoff, like Springsteen's his favorite artist. Like, you know, a lot of his song is trying to emulate that style. To me, the, it's really apparent what I'm hearing. Like, w- one of the things I think he does, Jack Antonoff, is he does so much with so little um, in terms of when, like, he builds the sort of the songs musically. Um, this, this, whereas in the past, production-wise, it has been pretty bloated. In a good way because they, they create these like dense soundscapes almost. Mm. Um, but in looking for somebody to love, for me, it's a pretty simple song. You get like synth line, there's a couple of guitar guitars over the top. Obviously, the drums and bass are driving the song, but the production is, is a, a lot more simple, I think, in parts on the album. And I think a lot of that has come from him. Um, I, I also think a lot of it is probably a conscious choice by the band to do something more st- stripped back probably isn't the best way to describe it but something more uh, subtly not, no what am I trying to say something that's less overblown and a bit more understated when it comes to the scale of the album let's say and I think getting on a producer to make songs in the way that Jack Antonoff does was such a wise choice. Yeah, I don't I don't know any of his stuff. The only thing I know of Jack Antonoff is uh, We Are Young by Fun. Uh, 
That, oh, God. That's like saying, oh, God. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know much about uh, Ronaldo. Um, I, I, know, I know a couple of his sporting Lisbon games, but I don't really know much else. <laughs> I thought you were going to reference some of his uh, more modern... Uh, United games. I know. I know. I know he sits on the bench a lot, doesn't he? You know, <laughs> team uh, viewer. <laughs> I saw a picture the other day, and I was like, I "Forgot he existed." Donny Van der Beek. Remember him? I do. Yeah. Um, what's he up to these days? I don't even know. Um, what's it called? I think, like, in that case, I will give you a list of Bleacher songs to listen to. And you can then, you've got homework. <laughs> yeah. You can then come back and see if you think that the influence is there. And do you know what, listeners? Get in touch. That's your homework. Um, in fact, just get in, tell us your whole thoughts on the album and like, and everything we've discussed today. Um, you know, ding that bell, you, leave a comment below. Yeah, like and subscribe. Um, you know, if you think anything, just just tweet us, send us stuff about just your overall 128 characters review of the album. We'll read them all out on the show. Um, I don't. I think it will be the least divisive album they've ever had. I think everyone within the fandom will like it. I think some people were very up and down on notes, but I think everyone will like this. And I think outside of you know the specifics of the 1975 fandom, I think people will will really like this album i really like how it's been reviewed um 10 out of 10 from gig wise um 8 out of 10 five stars from dork four stars from enemy um it's a pretty highly rated album i think just in comparison to notes let's um let's always get to contextualize your points um rating wise like the independent gave it one star pace magazine gave it 5.1 enemy gave it five stars and gave this four stars i don't believe that's mega consistent um rolling stone gave notes three stars um so a wider spread in the ratings uh the reviews from the previous album um Enemy being contrarian, what a surprise! Yeah, um, but like you know, to in conclusion, um, I think it's a great album, and I think there's parts I haven't had a proper like headphone listen. Do you know what I mean? No, I've not either. I know that turns up probably a little pretentious, but I've not really sat down properly with like my, my good headphones on and had a listen. Um, no, I'm, I've, I'm the same, I've not. I, I, I and I do really want to do that. I'm off tomorrow, so maybe tomorrow's the day. Um, yeah, I've just been busy. When I've been listening to it, I've been like working or doing something, which means it's not had my full attention. Yeah, so I need to lock myself in a dark room or a dully lit room for safety uh, and just listen to it. I think I've been specifically this year. I don't feel like I've listened to as much 1975 as I usually do. I think I was saving myself almost like, so I wanted to go in a bit more fresh. Yeah. Um, and well, now I just want to listen to all the albums. Um, yeah. Oh, 
the first two albums, I just don't think I could ever get bored of them. You say, oh, I could never get bored of them. You see, I I would lump the, like, <clears throat> looking back now, I would lump the third in just as much as the first two. I still think the, f- no. the, f- the first is my favourite. But I to me, it goes three gay albums, an album that's weird and funny and has some great stuff on it, and then another great album at the moment. Um, yeah. I think, I think three is- and four are definitely growers, whereas... One, two, and five. I think you can just be like instant classics. See, I I think that there's gonna be stuff on five that over time will grow. Like, I think maybe in a few years' time, people will look back and think, "Oh, my part of the band is just so good." Like, yeah, will be one of the more revered tracks whether it turns out in popularity wise or whether it just turns out in, you know, how it's perceived. Um, but there's, there's parts of this that I'm looking at. Like I, I listened to it. I, I drove home to my mum's the other day and I, so I listened to it on the drive and I was just like captivated by it. Like I was, mm. and I think that's probably why it felt so short to me just because I was like, just did the whole thing in like 43 minutes. Um, yeah. To, uh, to make a bold claim, and I'm going to compare them to another uh, four-piece from the northwest of England. Yeah. The Beatles. You may have heard of them. I have um, heard of them. If you think the contrast between Please Please Me and... I'm going to say Enter Sandman, then. That's a Beatles <laughs> song. We, well, we have had a Metallica comparison on this album already. Yeah. Um, I Am The Walrus, for example. yeah. Like they're just worlds apart. You wouldn't even think they were the same band unless you knew they were the same band. So, you know, time really does contextualize stuff and you can show how far ahead the Beatles were in their time. And maybe we'll look back in 50 years' time and just say how great the 1975 were. And that uh, fourth album, Not So Conditional Form, was not appreciated. For what it truly was. Well, I mean, you know, to continue the analogy, no, this is probably like the White Album. Like, you know, how many tracks is that in total? Like, 30 uh, odd. 22, I'm going to say something. Well, yeah, okay, maybe not 30 odd. Um, but that's that's massive, and there's weird stuff on there. Um, yeah, but just phenomenal songs on it. Um, I think that maybe part of the band will be something more like A Day in the Life. Like, now we look back and, like, A Day in the yeah. Life, people think, is one of the best Beatles songs. But when it came out at the time, you know, when Sgt. Peppers was released, was people like, A oh, Day in the Life is the one, that's the song. Um, I don't know, you'll have to ask someone around in the 60s when it came out. There but, are 30 tracks on the White Album. Well, oh, right, so I went too far away. Um, yeah. But I think that, you know, just just off like the first few listens, I think the songs on here that'll be real high points of the career, I think, already. Um, I mean, you know, it needs to be capped off with a Glastonbury headline. I think it should be Harry Styles on the Friday. Oh. I Yeah, fuck it. They could they could do Saturday. <laughs> and then seventy five. Well, who who else were you gonna say? I don't know. I don't know oh, Taylor Swift didn't do it, did she? No. 
Harry Styles, Taylor Swift in 1975. Yeah. Oh, my God. Although I do think to myself how much I would love to just put on a, a 975 gig at Castlefield Ball and have Laney support. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, not not that I wouldn't go, but a 1975 gig that I could hear from my window. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's our first episode back, baby. First episode of the Tears for Fears era. Yeah. Of the Ant and Death era. Season five. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm certainly sure Dan will be chipping in with his thoughts along the way. <laughs> yeah, we may even get a voice note. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, it's got a good signal on those UFOs. Um, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back next week uh, where we will be talking about the title track to 1975. We're going to dedicate our own episode to it, uh, which we haven't done before for the title track, just because it is a completely new song in its own right. Um Lots to discuss, especially for people that have heard the song All My Friends by LCD Sound System. Um, What's it called? So we'll be back every week now, every Wednesday again, um, posting episodes. Uh, We'll have loads of guests. Um, What's it called? We are still somewhat feeling the effects of launching a podcast in lockdown where me and you in particular were both in and out of jobs. Um, And now... We have, well, I have full-time job. You recently quit yours. I did, yeah. Yeah, that's news for those listening. Yeah. I uh, I resigned from my job without a job to go to. Bold move. Bold move. Bold move, but it's liberating. It is, yeah. It makes you feel good. Uh, also, we will be doing, Spotty High will be back. Um, Format-wise, it's going to be the same. We're going to talk some shit at the start. We're going to get into the song. We're going to do Spotty High. It's going to be me against the guest. And and then we're going to get into like a lyrical breakdown, like you know, like we've done for all the songs previously. Um, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for coming back and listening to us again. Uh, hope you enjoyed our other format that we're going to do in 1975 off season. Uh, we've got a bunch of unreleased episodes that we have recorded as well that we'll probably throw out every now and then. Um, you know, may, maybe one week we, me and Matt can't can't find time to do a show. Um, so we might just release one of the bonus episodes in in, in the in the gap. Um, thank well, you if I don't find listening. a new job anytime soon, I'm gonna have a lot of time on my hands. So you know, whatever you uh, you know, if he doesn't find a new job soon, then um, you know this will be on Patreon and for an extortionate amount. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you're not working, actually, we could do it in the day when I'm off. That might be good. Um, yeah. There we go. We've already found time. Um, yeah. There we go. We could just do it. Just do a week of it. Oh week, jeez. Uh yeah, but then it'd be like, oh, what have you been up to? Oh, uh you got me a brew. That's what's happened since the last yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. Although oh, in a few weeks we are going to Manchester Coffee Festival. Oh yes, we are. That'll be so good. I can't wait. Um so thank you everyone for listening to the show. We are at the 1975 pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, tweet us, message us. Uh, you can email us at positplayerpod at gmail.com. My Twitter and Instagram is Josh Willing without the vowels. My Twitter and Instagram, should you wish to catch up with me, is Junior. But it's not spelt Junior. It's spelt at J-E-W-K-N-W-O-R. That is Juliet, Echo, Whiskey, Kilo, November, Echo, Echo, Oscar, Romeo. Or 
if you'd like that broken down into its individual phonics, that would be due, like the follower of the Jewish religion, ni, like the bend in your leg. Finally, or, as in either or, due, ni, or. And Dan has been abducted by aliens, or he's just too busy to make the show. You decide which one is true. You decide, yeah. Uh, in honour in honor of Dan's contribution to this part, I do have a subreddit of the week, which is r slash took too much. Uh, which is people that have clearly taken far too many drugs and are in public making a fool of themselves. I'm gonna. I've shouted it out before a few times, but I feel like r slash edging porn just <laughs> does not get the love it deserves. Oh, that's great. I'm not gonna let anyone elaborate on what that is. So. No. It's nothing uh, to do with Blink One Eight Two, though. Right, thank you everyone for listening to the show and we'll be back next week. We certainly will. <laughs>